Wow, that was an abrupt quick ending of the music, wasn't it? Uh, Sorry about that, guys. Well, nonetheless, welcome in, everyone. My name is Mr. Murica, the Beard of Truth, Jason Lyon. Uh, Thank you guys all for being here. Uh, It's been a week. It's been a week. I suck. I suck. I know. I'm only human. Um, I've I've had quite the absence lately, and uh, I apologize for that. But, but... There's still some shame that needs to be spread over to you guys because um, while we've been while I've been sitting here for the last two two months with some insufferable back pain, none of y'all, absolutely none of y'all, were reaching out to me going, "Hey man, why don't you just go see a, a, a chiropractor get get a couple quick manipulations and you're gonna feel brand new the next day." Um, so that's what I did yesterday, and and boy, can I. I can feel the juices flowing, whether it's it's um, whether the juices are the blood flowing through my back, through, down my legs, and feeling good, or whether it is just the brain uh, flowing much much better now, I would say, um, than it has been in the recent past. So, welcome in everybody. Welcome in Sandra. How are you doing today? Um, Thank you guys all for being here once again, and thank you to Muddy Waters Media for allowing me to have a platform to reach out to you guys to give you my views, my opinions, and uh, my perspective on the politics and social issue issues going on in this country and around the world. If this is your first time here, I am your neighborhood-friendly libertarian, bringing these topics and bringing it back to the individual, bringing it back to transparency and, and control of a small and limited government, if that's needed. <laughs> Um, so it's, um, welcome in Dr. Gonzo. Woohoo. We got, we got a special guest in the room. So I want to talk to you guys today. I promised you guys from last Friday that we would be talking a little bit about the convention of states here in South Carolina that blew open some headlines and, uh, some controversy here. Um, so I want to talk about, uh, convention of states. We're also going to be talking about Justin Amos. Justin Amash, if you guys don't remember from all the way back from last week, uh, he he spun up the world, uh, got Democrats excited about him, Republicans hated him, and it was all because of tweets involving the Robert Mueller investigation. So we got to get into that a little bit, and of course, Robert Mueller finally came out second time talking to the to the people since becoming special counsel, and uh, so we gotta we gotta break through that and and cover that big story, and then I have two. Two stories that people might want to disassociate themselves from. Yes, yes, Spike Cohen. The beard, the beard is back, and I must say, the beard looks better this week than it did last week. So I'm excited for that. So, two stories that people would want to disassociate themselves with. The first one I want to say is Joe Biden makes history because Joe Biden does what Joe Biden does, and after he says, "Hey guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna respect the women. I'm gonna respect women, their personal spaces. I'm not gonna get all up in their their grill. I'm not gonna be touching them. You don't have to worry about me um, because." I'm Joe Biden. I'm a man of my word. Well, Joe Biden told a 10-year-old girl that she's good-looking and touched her shoulders a month after vowing to respect women's spaces. Woo-wee! Boy, Joe Biden, he really knows how to touch some girls. He really touches them way too often. It's just sick. Why, why, is he, why is he leading? Why is he in the front right now? Democrats, you really need to look at this. Are you really going to take on a man that just says, Nah, right after the Me Too movement, it's okay. I can still, I can still... Go and talk to little 10-year-old girls and be like, hmm, what's up, good looking? 
Former Vice President Joe Biden is facing criticism after telling a 10-year-old girl she's good-looking and placing his hands on her shoulders roughly a month after pledging to make more of an effort to respect women's spaces. At a rally for his 2020 campaign in Houston on Tuesday night, he just needed a touch of good luck. The girl asked Biden a question about divided state of the country. And you know what's really good about dividing the people is having people touch little girls. Biden in response touched on the nation's immigrant heritage. I love in response touched on it before saying, I'll, I'll bet you're as bright as you are good looking. Mm, what a charmer that Joe Biden is. Woo! Girls. Joe Biden, don't worry. Whether he's married or single at the time, he's trying. He's still trying to pick you up. Don't worry. Just accept it. He was the vice president of Obama. You want some change? Here you go. Here's Joe Biden. Lead in the polls, Democrats. What are you doing? Look at yourselves. Look at yourselves. The girl then told the former vice president her favorite subject is journalism. And then he took her to the back of the room of the press area and placed his hands on her shoulders at one Hmm. You know how those politicians, you know, the government is always trying to touch in on the on the journalists. They're always trying to, you know, get the special touch. And Joe Biden continuing on down that. Continue on down that path. Joe Biden, the only person shooting themselves in the foot is you right now. Uh, I know you want to spend this on, on Trump in a lot of ways. You want to spend this on other Democrats, um, which you haven't really been doing a despite the fact that there's 23 other candidates out there. Uh, but Joe Biden, really, yeah, yeah. just tie your hands to your side. Just just walk out hog-tied up and just do your speech and then walk out. You might not boding well for you. The second one um, <clears throat> is a bit more serious, the second story. And and it has to be done because I'm a man of, of principle. I'm a man of of not taking a party um, more. <clears throat> I, there's no party out there that's invulnerable to criticism. And certainly no person is invulnerable to, to those. And um, so there's a, a nasty individual that we're going to be covering here in a second. Um, but within his name, within his, what he, not his name, but with how he affiliates himself, he does tie himself to libertarianism. And so I want to take a moment and, and tear this apart. Nathan Larson, a 37-year-old accountant from Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, is running for Congress as an independent candidate in his native state. He is also a pedophile, as he admitted to HuffPost on Thursday, who has bragged in website posts about raping his late ex-wife. It's people like this. People like Nathan Larson that not only destroy what it is to be a libertarian because um, libertine, right? Somebody who doesn't have morals on anything, somebody who doesn't value um, others, but they they value their own um, ideals over over everyone and anyone, and willing to violate the non-aggression principle, willing to aggress upon others, or willing to do things that are uh, just pugnant. Um, such as what, what he's bragged about and what he's spoken about and pledged. These are things that are not based in libertarianism. This is, these are not based in the Libertarian Party. These are things that disgusting people are unfit to really um, unfit to live in a civilized society. Um, I'm not saying a tax society. I'm saying an actual civilized society. Um, the, there's no these people don't belong. Um, the way that this individual, 
has labeled himself is as a quasi-neo-reactionary libertarian. And, and certainly, I think that the entire thing is dishonest because his political party is... Uh, I mean, if he wants to label himself as a libertarian, the Libertarian Party has already uh, disavowed him and uh, will not support him. They will be voting Noda if he runs for their their uh, for their ticket. But nonetheless, I wanted to make sure that you guys don't think that I'm somebody that says I'm a libertarian, therefore I can't criticize libertarians. This is all that we really do. If if you've never been in a libertarian circle, um, we tear apart other libertarians. This is what we do. And and certainly this is one where libertarians across the front, um, a very, very heavy majority of them have denounced it. And the ones that haven't, they are libertines themselves and uh, they 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 get the criticism and the hatred and and are disavowed constantly as well. Um, <clears throat> it, it's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. Um, so hopefully he loses his race with negative 10 per- 10% votes. Uh, creepy pedophile candidates is the price we pay to live in a civilized society. What's sad? Um, what's sad, Spike, is that that may be much more accurate um, than some of the other things that people have said. For the prices we pay to live in a civilized society. Um, one other thing I wanted to drop on you guys was Julian Assange. Before we get into the big, uh, heavy-hitting stories... Um, Julian Assange, when he was wrapped up originally from the embassy, when he was drug out, um, carried out, um, I had called that he would be somebody that is going to serve out the rest of his life in prisons, um, whether it's the U.S. prison, whether it's it's Europe, wherever it is, he's going to live out his days there or he's going to get executed. Um, on May 7th, so I had missed this story and I'm really sad that I did. Um, on May 7th, they actually came out with a report that United or retired United States Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Karen uh, Kwiatkowski, maybe, writes in an article posted on Lee Rockwell's website that Julian Assange is receiving the same treatment as suspected terrorists while in captivity at Her Majesty's Prison Service at Belmarsh. The FBI, Pentagon, and CIA are interviewing Assange. Interviewing is the wrong word, she writes. I'd like to say doctoring him, because it would be more accurate, except that the word implies some care for a positive outcome. Chemical Gina has her hands in with this one. We're being told that Assange is being treated with three three things known as BZ. BZ is a powerful drug that that produces hallucinogens. Soldiers on BZ could remember only fragments of the experience afterwards. As the drug wore off, the subjects had trouble discerning what was real. Many experienced anxiety, aggression, and even terror, the New Yorker reported. The drugs drugs effect lasted for days. At its peaks, volunteers were totally cut off in their own minds, jolting from one fragmented existence to the next. They saw visions, uh, Lilliputian... Uh, baseball players competing on the tabletop diamond, animals or people or objects that materialized and vanished. Assange is being chemically lobotomized prior to being extradited to the United States to stand trial on bogus computer hacking charges that, and the corporate media won't tell you this, passed the statute of limitations three years ago. Now, this is this is a blog from Curtain Mode um, blog. Um, they actually do call out the the 
the the the actual u.s code there um in order to substantiate the statute of limitations forget about the statute of limitations the u.s government has long violated both domestic and international law it is rogue nation led by ignorant clown who opened the back door and ushered in neocon psychopaths notorious for killing millions in normal times these criminals would be at the dock of the hague uh standing trial for crimes against humanity but we don't live in normal times so this is all about Julian Assange, and we've gone over Julian Assange plenty of times. Um, some people call him a traitor. Some people call him um, the enemy of the people. And I think that really when it comes down to Julian Assange, when it comes down to um, Chan or Chelsea Manning or Bradley Manning, whichever way you want to call it, I don't really care. I'm, I'm, I call her Chelsea um, and Snowden. The three of them released information in order to provide information for the public so the public knew what was going on to be able to hold the government accountable i don't really find that as as treason um when the bogus computer hacking charges that was referenced in this what they were talking about was uh chelsea manning was uh, was extracting information from the computers and being incapable of of getting through the passcodes and everything else julian assange allegedly had supported her in being able to get through on a on a linux system and be able to uh pass that and be able to collect that information that's really what they're going after they're going after the espionage which um as we covered last time when we covered julian assange up to 170 years 170 years so i'm, I'm being vindicated once again this is not this is not in the the pursuance of the first amendment right uh, freedom of press um this is not in the pursuance of a limited government this is not in the pursuance of, of a transparent government this is not in the the pursuance of a good government right they should be able to take these criticisms and say hey, hey we fucked up they can't do it instead they're gonna they're gonna kill a man um a, a pretty decent man that's been calling out plenty of different um uh plenty of the different countries there we go oh wow how is that so difficult? So difficult. Um, <clears throat> welcome in, Chicks Threads of Alaska. So I think I've got the, the little side stories out of the way. Now it's time to get into the big story. Now it's time to get into the Julian Assange. Not Julian Assange. Wow, Justin Amash. The JAs. I, I just getting flipped up over here. So Justin Amash made uh made a huge uh let's say huge made a large tweet storm and uh he's had two of them and these have been taken by uh people on the right and on the left and, and libertarians and you've just got a mountain of people just throwing insults at each other they're not really talking about what justin amash was saying himself and so i th i this is something that we actually need to go through um because when you as much as we criticize the mainstream media, it's more than just the mainstream media. When we are when we are lazy um, as an individual and we don't go to the source of the information, we say, "Well, this person said that Justin Amash said this, and so I'm I'm gonna I'm going to um, defend against or attack against Justin Amash's stances based on what you said." You know, we get down this this crazy loophole or this rabbit hole, and we never never actually get to what he was saying. Um, Originally, the, the first big tweet storm, of course, that was saying that Trump had um, committed impeachable acts, right? Impeachment. What is impeachment? Of course, everyone knows that impeachment is how you get somebody out, right? You have the, the House passes it and the uh, Senate convicts them on it. 
But if we if we are looking at this and we're trying to understand what actually makes it to the threshold of what is impeachable, um, you have to look at what the definition of treason is, and or not treason. Wow, impeachment. I'm getting all my words mixed up tonight. I apologize for that. Well, we have to actually look at what impeachment is, and impeachment is the removal of office because of high crimes and misdemeanors, effectively. Now, what does high crimes and misdemeanors mean? Does it mean you have to have a high crime or a misdemeanor? No, it doesn't. It means that from the English law where it derived from, you basically do something that's unbecoming of the office. You do something that loses the credibility or the respect of the office. And so certainly it's a very vague term. And it was meant to be a powerful move. And so they wanted to keep it vague. The founding fathers did or the framers. They wanted to keep it vague to where you could still utilize it in order to keep people from from reaching out and grabbing a, a, a bunch of power. So you can impeach somebody because you don't like their hair. Somebody looks completely ridiculous compared to the societal standards of that day. You could arguably find a way in order to justify an impeachment. It's really absolutely vague in legal terms. Um, so when Justin Amash actually talks about the impeachable acts that President Trump had committed, he's not saying that um, <coughs> there was collusion. I've, saw, I've seen a lot of people saying that Justin Amash was... was accusing President Trump of colluding with Russia. I have never seen anything substantiate that um, in all of the tweets and all of the responses and everything else I've seen from him. Um, he's just never never gone out there. Um, here is from Justin Amash himself. Here are my principled conclusions. Oh. There we go. Uh, here are my principled conclusions. Attorney General Barr has deliberately misrepresented Mueller's report. Um, the way that that one works is when you look at volume two, volume two was the obstruction of justice um, volume of the Mueller report. When you say that you deliberately misrepresented it, um, he was talking about William Barr had um, come out and said that President Trump was exonerated. There was no collusion, no obstruction of justice. Right? He had made that determination there was no obstruction of justice. If you look into it, um, you can. there is actual a legal argument, maybe not a logical argument, but that's not how the law works. Right? There's plenty of logical things that are illegal in this country. But um, in the legal sense, there is a potential for obstruction of justice. Um, when it comes to this matter, and so deliberately misrepresented or misrepresented, this is Justin Amash's opinion on what uh, or or legal stance on what obstruction of justice is versus William Barr's. We see this all the time. Um, I don't want people to think that Justin Amash is taking a stance because it's against Trump. I, I I'm tired of hearing about oh he's got Chinese. Um, uh, attachments and, and investments, so he's he's going to take the side of the Chinese. Um, you can have different values or different views on the same thing. This is why you can have two lawyers in a courtroom battling it out, and they both inherently or they both believe that their case is the correct side. Um, this is one of the the abominations that is our legal system of our law structuring. 
is that you can actually have, depending on who the judge is, if he had coffee that day, if he had nice a nice donut, um, how he's feeling, what's going on with his wife and, and this, that, and the other, can really determine on which one of the laws he wants to pick on in order to make it fit for the narrative that he wants. Now, I'm not accusing Justin Amash, nor am I accusing William Barr of really trying to manipulate the laws in order to make them fit. Fit, but I think that they both come from a different basis or uh, a basis for where obstruction of justice um, is is acceptable. Um, here is the big thing of of where misrepresentation has been coming from the public generally. President Trump has engaged in impeachable conduct. Now, if, <laughs> with that, he leaves it very vague. President Trump has has engaged in plenty of impeachable conducts. Um, the first one would be um, when it comes to the War Powers Act of 1973. Um, that is an unconstitutional declaration or unconstitutional act, right? The Constitution declares on how the powers are, are delegated. Um, and so that is a power for Congress. That is not a power for the president. And so for him to take actions of war against countries that we um, do not have a declaration against that is unconstitutional and therefore impeachable. Congress should be held in contempt just in the same way for that. But um, what he's talking about here is the obstruction of justice. Uh, partisanship has eroded our systems of checks and balances. This has been true. I've been calling this out for forever. Um, take it out of, of, of just this series of points. Take it out from that. Oh, I guess I got to flop it over for you guys again. Eh? Um, Partisanship has eroded our systems of checks and balances. This is something I've been talking to you guys for a long time about, right? Democrats don't want to hold Democrats accountable. Republicans don't want to hold Republicans accountable. And and so you worry more about the team winning rather than the, your values winning, your principles winning, the Constitution winning, the people winning. And and so this is this is a blanket truth there. Few members of Congress have read the report. That yes, still I think even to this very moment. Um but we can go through these these tweet storms and we can find out is he actually speaking out of his ass or is he speaking from his mind? And I, I think that when I read through this, when I read through all those tweets, I, I, I didn't find very much that I said, you know what, he's absolutely off base or he's he's out in the in the in the nethers um with his logic. But this has created yet another um big issue outside of just these tweets and that is the idea that president or uh justin amash is going to run for president now there's been uh, the rumor mill has been that he was going to run in 2024 and now it looks as if he may be running in 2020 now the problem is the problem is is that i think justin amash has shot himself in the foot i think i would say that this is the most if, if you could take it from a point of principle, if you could take it from the point of trying to um, contain government, um, don't worry about if you take Trump out of the equation. If you had somebody doing this and trying to fight for this through principle, through actually explaining it, not just going with the Maxine Waters um, service that is just say impeach, 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 but actually talking about things and actually trying to explain it and trying to provide information in order to create uh, a discussion. Justin Amash right now, I think, is going through a political suicide. Um, 
it's the most beautiful political suicide that you really can from those from those values from that um from those principles and because he's lost the republican base the republican base is is mostly for trump and so you go against trump and suddenly you're a lefty you're a democrat you're you're just a socialist you're a communist we've we've seen all the attacks go against justin amash um so he's not going to win when it comes to the republican base is he going to win with when it comes to the libertarian base absolutely not it doesn't look as if the libertarian party is willing to accept somebody who has been running on um or who has been in office under the under the republican team and just because they come in and and throw out or create a firestorm doesn't mean that they're necessarily acceptable. It also comes to the principle of well, let me finish that with the libertarian party. So with the libertarian party, um people just aren't accepting of it and they don't want the libertarian party to be a trampoline for people right just come along and we'll bounce you off and we'll throw you back into office and we'll keep you in office and 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 so the libertarian party i think is going to be completely disenfranchised with with justin amash and i happen to be a fan of justin amash while he's in office while he's sitting in congress um and and fighting for the constitution there's also another bigger problem when it comes to what it is to be a libertarian versus to be a Republican light or a Republican libertarian caucus or part of the RLC, the Republican Liberty Caucus, um, <coughs> or even the Freedom Caucus. And that is that if we were to compare Justin Amash with Ron Paul, Ron Paul has been the guy that has brought a lot of people to libertarianism. He's the guy that went out and fought for the war on drugs. Or against the war on drugs. He's the guy that went out and fought against the Fed. Uh, you know, and the Fed when he was running as president. Or presidential candidate. Um, he was the guy that comes out and talks about, you know, getting government out of, of, of your decisions. Out of your life. And and Ron Paul has been one of those guys that's taken people from the right and the left. They see him. They look at him. They do a little bit of research. And they pivot and they go and they they understand what liberty is about they understand what libertarianism is about and so ron paul is this great monolithic figure when it comes to the libertarian movement because he was saying things he was he was making moves for hearts and minds around the country when it wasn't popular there's a there's videos um done i believe uh, Spike and Matt had it on their show. Might not have been them. I think that they've referenced it, but I think it might have been uh, Dave Smith's show, uh, Part of the Problem. And they had played a video clip. Somebody had on one of the podcasts I listen to. One of the podcasts I frequent. And if you guys aren't following us on, on Muddy Waters, um, if you aren't following our podcast, make sure you go over to Anchor FM and uh, tune in over there. That helps us the most. Free advertisements for us. Um, and, and it helps us grow. It helps us become better and, and provide a better service for you. But nonetheless, so Ron Paul, while he was campaigning, was, went on to a TV show. And it was it was one of those like shock jock TV shows where, you know, the crowd's getting into it. They're yelling. It's almost like Jerry Springer, except for there's political figures up on, on stage. And so during this, um, during this, Ron Paul basically calls out the war on drugs and says, look, 
if if drugs were illegal right now, would you go out and do drugs? And people were like, no. And then they were, but they were like, you're just an idiot. You just want people to be high. You just want to destroy people's lives, this, that, and the other. And so that's why we need government. And so Ron Paul, even though everybody in that room, everyone in that auditorium or whatever room you want to call that, um, everybody was viciously against him. And he looked at one kid that was a little bit overweight that was at the microphone talking at the time. And he says, hey, uh, you look like you don't take very good care of your diet. You don't take care of very good care of your nutrition. Should the government come in and make that decision for you as well? And and instead of stopping and pausing and thinking about what Ron Paul, Ron Paul said, um, people became outraged, of course. That's who Ron Paul is. Justin Amash. Let's look who Justin Amash is. Justin Amash is that guy that he talks about the Constitution. He talks about it very eloquently. He talks about it very beautifully. He he hits the nail on the head when it comes to the Constitution and what the purpose, what the tenor is, and the background of it, and the small limited government. He is all over that. Um, Justin Amash is great for that. Libertarian Party is not on the uh, Morton Downey Jr. Yes, there we go. Yep. <clears throat> New Spike knew it. Uh, when it comes to actual libertarianism, the Libertarian Party is not the Constitutional Party. There is a Constitutional Party, even though it's been disenfranchised across the country. That would be a much better place for Justin Amash. And, and many libertarians see that. Um, and while he advocates for a smaller government, it's not it's not just fighting for a smaller government that people are advocating for, but it's more based on the party. So Justin Amash is, is going through this political suicide. He's He's... Damning himself from the Republican Party is damning himself from the Libertarian Party. And um, I think, I honestly think, out of all the, res- I have a, a, a tremendous amount of respect for Justin Amash. I think that the best thing that he would do is be able to go out and, and, and start reaching out to different campaigns, helping them out. I know Kim Ruff and, and John Phillips are looking for some help. Um, any of the Libertarian presidential candidates, they could use some Justin Amash help. Have him help them out. Show them the ropes. Show them. Give them the the inside baseball for them. And I think that that would be the best thing for Justin Amash there. Um, I think I've, I've you know fifteen minutes on Justin Amash is is adequate enough. If you guys if you guys want to, let me. Oh hey hey, I didn't realize you guys were still on that. Yep. All right. Um, if you guys would like to. If Justin Amash is something that you guys get all fired up and furied, um, if you want to call in about Justin Amash, feel free to call in about him. We're also going to be talking about the Mueller report. That's the next big topic. And so I want to, I want to give you guys that opportunity uh, to, to be able to um, call in and, and disagree with me because I'm sure a lot of you will. Or agree with me and I would be absolutely shocked because... I think right now I I can't if I've heard that stance before I disagree with it and so I I I think my 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 views on this are entirely um, different than everyone else but I'm gonna take a quick break um, I will be back in in momentarily um, but I I've got the phone number up there right now um take that down and and I will accept it in one second but in the meantime I want you guys to to get a good listen to that intro music once again so I will be right back um if you guys want to call in as soon as we get back I'll give it about 2 minutes and then uh we will move on to the uh to the Robert Mueller 
on his statement and everything else that's going down with there. And then we'll also talk a little bit about Trump's tariffs because uh, Trump's threatening some more of those. So be right back, guys. Sorry about that. I do apologize. Having to do this stuff solo. My wife my wife took my daughter out. Going out to the movies and they left me here alone to take care of myself. It's not I'm a just a young one man. How am I supposed to do this on my own? But whoo, sorry about that. Loud noises. Yes, so the call in number line is right there. If you guys would like to call in the phone number is eight zero two six seven one five three two eight um but in the interim we will be uh we'll move on to robert mueller so robert mueller has been robert mueller comes out and he actually makes um a response he made a response on the topic of what it is that he wants to do in the future. So Robert Mueller comes out and he spins this. He spins in a, in a way um, that I think anyone who sits down and thinks about it is the only way that Robert Mueller could do it. So Robert Mueller comes out and basically says, I can't, or I'm not going to go and testify before Congress and give any more information than what I provide in those 448 pages. That's the smart decision. Because if he goes beyond that, if he uh, messes up something that's not in those, right, he potentially could put himself into a trap, something that he may have been going along and doing against uh, some of the people he had indicted. Um, so he learned the lesson that he provided himself, but he also basically said he left this this aura of, of mystery. And <clears throat> so he comes out and he basically says, look, if we found no evidence that President Trump had committed obstruction of justice, we would have said it. Now, everybody came into flurry over this. But he also, in the same, in the same statement, um, pointed out that there's DOJ law that prevents you from indicting a sitting president. This has been something we've been discussing about, and, and pundits on the left and the right have been talking about this for a long time. 
right? The protection of the president of the United States, because if you have a president who's being indicted on criminal charges, um, it's absolutely destructive to the nation. So you want to get them out of office, right? Impeach them, and then you can, can indict them on this. This is something we've talked about for a long time. So he's not able to say there is there is evidence, there is enough there in order to indict President Trump. And so he used that DOJ law as a scapegoat in order to basically leave that cloud of mystery there and say, well, if we couldn't find evidence, we would have said we didn't find any evidence. So go ahead and read that information and then, uh, you know, it that'll be it, right? Then Congress can go through and they can make their decisions as they wanted to. Now, of course... Following the history of this, William Barr got in front of that and said, look, no collusion. And and now we have the congressional uh, debates and, and uh, who flinging at each other um, over this. So Robert Mueller, $40 million spent on him and his investigation, investigating thousands of people, didn't couldn't come out and clearly say yes. There was enough evidence there, or no, we didn't find evidence. It puts you, it, it really does, with the way Robert Mueller came out on the statement, it really does put it in a way that nobody gets an answer. Was President Trump, in Robert Mueller's investigation, was he found to obstruct justice? This is something we will never know. This is something that we can argue until the cows come home, and it won't change a damn thing. Because Robert Mueller also closed down his office. Now, I think it's a great, great idea, Robert. You should be closing down that office because uh, there really wasn't any work to be done. There wasn't any work that was done. You found a couple guys that were guilty of a lot of things. Some of those things, I really don't agree that they they are a crime and that people should be paying um, with their life for them, such as going to jail for uh, avoiding taxes. Um, But you spent two years, two years to find something on President Trump and you leave us with a cloud of mystery? You leave us without defined answers. And so you have you have your Sean Hannity's, you've got your um, Alan Dershowitz, you've got some liberals, and you've got some, some conservatives out there that are, are just vilifying Robert Mueller once again over this. Um, and they're they're taking the stance that everything that was provided um, means that President Trump was absolutely cleared of this. And then you have the left and some liberals as well who are just going, Robert Mueller left it open in order to impeach the president. Mueller played the smartest move that he could have as the biggest bootlicking status thing that you could possibly do. You don't say anything of value. You don't actually, you exonerate them on, on something that is unequivocally true from what it looks like. And that is that Trump, President Trump and his campaign did not help collude with Russia in the 2016 election. You say that, but then you just, 
Let these people fight amongst themselves. Let the divide continue. Let's let's build the divide because this is going to swing it for Democrats. This is going to swing it for Republicans. This is going to swing it some way, somehow. But I think that... So he made the best move that he could. And certainly people say... People are still pointing out that Robert Mueller is a is a Republican. And that's great. That's fine. Be a Republican. I don't care. I don't care. But... Can we can we at least acknowledge that there's plenty of Republicans out there that um, absolutely abhor President Trump and that they would rather work with Democrats in order to get rid of him? I'm not saying that that's what Robert Mueller is doing, but I'm saying that Robert Mueller probably may may be doing that. Um, because all of this, right, you have somebody that was uh, the director of the FBI. You have somebody that worked within these agencies that we have seen ample amount of evidence, ample amount of information saying that these are some crooked crooked thugs um, within these departments and that they their narrative, their will is what happens. And so <clears throat> Robert Mueller is not a good person. Right? He is a big government guy, which means he's a small individual guy. The smaller the individual, the happier he is. Um, and and so when you have people like that, don't expect honesty from them. Don't expect them to really be forthcoming with this information. And certainly, um, when you when you provide this information um, in the statement that Mueller did. He also ended it by going, I'm not going to be answering any questions either. It's kind of telling. It's kind of telling when you won't go and testify before people. You won't actually uh, exchange information or, or answer questions that are provided to you from the press. Um, it just it really does look as if Robert Mueller is trying to punt the football and get other people fired up. And just get him out of it so he can move, as he said, back to the private life. Um, it's so, it's just so, um, it's just such a, a disheartening uh, thing to see Robert Mueller um, do this. And nobody questions it. Nobody questions what Robert Mueller is is doing outside of partisanship. Right? They say, oh, he's going after Trump, or oh, he's trying to defend this or that. Look at him clearly. Look at him clearly. Look at uh, look at James Comey clearly. Look at all these people within these uh, alphabet agencies that routinely show that they are not in any way interested Sorry about that. Oh, absolutely you can call in. Um absolutely you can call in. They're not interested in in upholding the law uniformly. They're not interested in, in actually providing uh the protect and serve as what the officers say on their, their cars, but they're not willing to do that. Um what they will do is they will weaponize and they have weaponized in the past um their agencies in order to Push the way that they want to in order to get people that may may otherwise be innocent um, or 
may otherwise not be committing the crimes, but they've weaponized the government in order to push the government's will, the, the government's way. And and this stuff right here, it, it's just completely unconscionable. And um, eventually we have to look at that. Eventually we, the people, have to look at our government and go, it's not just the FBI, it's not just the CIA, it's not just the ATF, it's not just the FDA, it's not just the DEA, it's not just the judicial branch, it's not just the, the, the Congress, it's not just the president that's messed up. It's every single portion of this government works in a way that if we, the people, were to act, if we, the people, were to have a kangaroo court and to hold these standards, um, we would be we would be handled quite Harshly, but for some reason, when it comes to the government, they're free to do as they want. The anti anti Antifa, welcome in, brother. How is it going? Hey, it's going good. Thanks, Jason. Oh. Um, I wasn't sure if this was going to work. Why not? It works up perfectly fine. I don't know. I'm on. The, I'm on the. I'm on the radio show right now. Oh wow! Awesome. No, um, no, I have a, I have, I'd like to uh, make a statement about uh, Justin Amash. Go ahead. And, um, and I have a question for you too. Um, from like a, a facial hair perspective, do you think it would be better if he renamed himself to like Jason Mustache? <laughs> Justin Mustache instead. Uh, I. I... I'm offended that you'd mention mustaches. That's actually is uh, against my religion, and I'm I'm deeply offended that you would uh, do that. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like you want to see uh, President Trump held accountable, um, and everybody's sick of of seeing him held accountable, for lack of a better word, by the crazy left and the yep. vaccine waters and whatnot. So it's. I think a lot of people uh, like you and I want to see him held accountable by constitutionalists and people who will keep him restrained from going out of control and that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this was the right time for him to step in because Amash really, he gave credence to the crazy lefties while he was doing this. And I, I don't know if that's most people's problems, but that was my problem with it. I was like, not now. You're supposed to do this, you know, at a time when he really oversteps his bounds or he starts creeping on something and he needs to be reeled back in. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think certainly timing of of doing that is is always difficult. But if if we're waiting for the left to not be unhinged on something, uh, we've been waiting two years now, and it, it there's no signs of stopping. Um, I, I I don't know when a good time to hold President Trump accountable. Um, certainly after after um, going around Congress just recently for the. Uh, Yemen or uh, the Saudi Arabia deal that would be some a good point for Justin Mosh for Thomas Massey Rand Paul and and the likes to to step up um, because the left has has accepted it for some reason for some reason I think that the left and the right have both moved to the to the neocon position and and no war is bad war but every war is a good war you know what I'm saying um, I do t- totally. It's it's scary, it's it's frightening. Yeah, um, it's really scary, and, and it seems like the, the populace doesn't want war at all, whether it's on the left or the right. But the politicians on the left or the right want war anyway. They don't care. Yeah, it. I don't know. I, I, my biggest 
My biggest gripe is that the more that we see the left and the right unite uh, on the on the principle, right? And so they both agree with war. Let's just use that. They may, may not agree with every war and, and, and everything else, but they agree with war as a principle. Um, we have this where the left and the right starts molding together. And, and the question is, is how are we going to break away from that? What kind of a, a political world we're going to be living in? Um, what are you, what are your thoughts on uh, Justin Amash running for president? Uh, it would, it would be kind of crazy. I mean, if he, if he were to run, he certainly wouldn't win. It would be for another purpose, mm-hmm. maybe to bolster himself. And I don't know that now would be the right time because the country is so, uh, I don't want to say the country is divided because I really don't think it is, but people have very strong opinions right now. Yep. So, you know, the, the entire Trump pro-Trump crowd would just eat him alive and that would be the end of it. Yes. Um, and, and the left might like him for a minute just because he's going against Trump, but they're not going to have any loyalty to him at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I One last question I got for you. Sure. You are a complete lefty loony um, for this hypothetical. Who is your okay. who, who is your 2020 Democratic presidential candidate? If I'm way on the left? I, if, just, yes. Um, I'll shoot, I think... I, I kind of have two perspectives on it. Okay. Biden is good because he's a sacrificial lamb. Uh, nobody's going to care if he gets his, his ass kicked and he just gets kicked out. His career is over anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one way to do it is take the loss. Um, that, but if I were a far lefty, I would put in uh, I put in the black lady and just be like, just play the race card and the female card and just go completely nuts with that. And, you know, that would... That would uh, harm the president as much. So the other the other option is to run, which I think is probably more realistic of what they're actually going to do, is to run somebody from the right to come in and just try to uh, like cut him off at the pass, if you will, mm-hmm. and hit him from the right side to try to alienate his base and, and you know just throw a bomb in there. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Now. Now you are yourself, and I'm not going to use your name since. You didn't put it on there, but you are yourself. Who who are you most afraid of for Democrats? Oh, who am I most afraid of? Oh wow, uh, I'm afraid of the Democrats who are who are larping on the right because the the left doesn't have anybody with any power. Pelosi's done, right? Biden's done. They, they nobody has any charisma or any ability to market themselves. Yep. Um, half of them are just complete morons. Um, but the right is that's what's generous that? of you. <laughs> it's like three quarters to all of them. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I'll list them all. Uh, no, but like, yeah. So, so my fear is from the right. My fear is like the uh, uh, what's that guy from Utah, Romney, like Mitt Romney or somebody like that. That's okay. my biggest fear. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that a lot of people were cheering about the the. The Blexic movement, the walkaway movement, where Democrats are are waking up to the atrocities that is the Democratic Party, and they're walking away and they're coming to the Republican Party. And while everyone's been cheering for that, I, I sit there in the background and I'm like, you know, that means that the the Republican Party is now shifting to the left. Like you're accepting people that are on the left. They're not going to just embody those views and everything else. And so I, I, I share your concern with the 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 right a little bit. Um, 
it's, it's really it's really concerning because there's there's a lot of people like you who are free thinkers and you're gonna go out on your own and be like this is what I believe I don't care but there's a lot of people who will go along with whatever the status quo is mm-hmm. um, from the from the Trump perspective and I'm a big Trump supporter but there are a lot of people who will go with him no matter what and I expect him to go even further to the left uh, in his second term because they'll have the freedom to do that. And a lot of those people will just be like, yeah, that's what we wanted all along. <clears throat> you know, government health care. That's what we wanted, right? Oh. So. Well, you're going to make me get sick on my, my own show talking about government health care. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, I, I, I appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely, man. Thank you. And uh, you're always free to call in, join in. And uh, I, always, I always appreciate your insight, man. So... The anti Antifa, always a great time, man. Uh, really helped me out with the with the start on things. So I owe you, I owe you tremendously. You're a great guy, and uh, thank you, man. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me on your show for a minute. Absolutely. You have a good night, man. Bye. Bye. All right, that was uh, the anti Antifa. Always a good time. If you guys, if you guys just recently got involved with a beard and you're wondering about my past. Uh, the anti Antifa used to have a great show, um, and we had uh, a panel of people that would come on. I would be a, a pretty frequent guest, and we would talk about politics and we talk about what's going on in the country. And I was that radical libertarian, and uh, so I, I got some exposure there. So if you guys remember me all the way from back then, um, it's it's great to have old connections coming back. Um, always a good time. So <clears throat> with that, guys. Uh, I've got the call number up there right now. I actually, I don't think I'm going to actually take another call, so I apologize for that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an Indian giver. You can call me that. He's fun. Misses Saturday's nights. Yes, I do. I miss those. Um, but hopefully, he'll start those up again here soon. Um, but with that, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be hopping out of here. I hope you guys have a great night. It's Friday night, so don't drink and drive. Arrive with those who do. You have family, friends who care about you and love you deeply, and they want you to stay safe. And uh, to get back here uh, for Monday night when I'll be coming back again, start off the week, Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Actually, I apologize, physical therapy. So Monday night, probably closer to 8 p.m., we'll be starting off. We'll be starting off as soon as I get into the house. Um, But get ready for that Monday night. Um, Make sure this week you guys are tuning in to Muddy Waters. You're catching up with all of our old episodes. You can find us at Muddy Waters Media or MuddyWatersOfFreedom.com. You can also find our podcast where you can take us on the go, take us to work, take us to to school, take us to the gym. Um, Anchor FM is the best place to get our podcast, but you can also find us basically anywhere out there um, in the podcast world. Check us out there. We're also on Facebook. We're on Periscope. And if you're following me from the Mr. Bearded Truth Periscope, make sure you're following us over there on the Muddy Waters uh, Periscope. I did share it out only on that one today, but we are streaming through both of those. Um, we're also on YouTube. Find us Muddy Waters um, of Freedom over there, and Facebook.com/slash Muddy Waters of Freedom, where we have a large audience, and we are looking for you to get involved with us there. So I hope you guys all have a great night. Um, thanks, Dave, and uh, I will see you guys or a great weekend. I apologize. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you guys back here Monday. I am Mr. Murka, the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. Have a great night. I'll see you guys soon.